When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And across the Jacob Media Network, football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen. Eagles camp day one recap. Boy, John McMullen, you've been waiting to get to this point in the day. What a long, long day for you. Started super early uh, this morning uh, and you roll into uh, what is our final broadcast here tonight across the Jacob Media Network. First, thanks for the work. Um, let's jump right into it. Uh, initial, uh, there's a lot to talk about uh, from camp. Uh, do you want to start with your own synopsis? And then we can get into Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and a lot of other conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very uh, amped up, Day one of camp, usually uh, when you're at an NFL training camp, Krause, day one is kind of uh, a little bit laid back. And the Eagles went pretty hard today, which I think was uh, a little bit surprising uh, for the fact that you have a rookie head coach. But I think he wanted to set a tone, number one, and I think he was able to do that. They only went for about 75 minutes, but a lot of team periods, a lot of really aggressive work, a lot of red zone work, which interesting, you know, Kraus asked Nick Sirianni about that. I said, why did you go so heavy at, on red zone stuff? And he said it was more to do with the recommendations of the medical staff and the training staff. They wanted close quarters. They wanted short deals. They didn't want guys – uh, blowing out, you know, running 60 yards because that's where you get those soft tissue injuries. So that's what was behind it. But anytime you're in the red zone, and we were kind of joking, like, wow, this team is optimistic. They think they're going to be in the red zone a lot. Turns out it was just about training and things like that, as I said. But it was really exciting. It was really uh amped up for a usual day one practice is how I would describe it. Yeah, I was ready to say, I was ready to jump in, John, and say, wow, that's exciting. Working in the red zone. Yeah. That's where you need to be to get into the end zone. That 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 was great to hear. Now, were they going through the motions in the red zone? No, were they, they were going were, pretty hard. I mean, no pads, obviously. You can't have pads early on in NFL training camps, but they were going hard. And that was surprising to me because, as I said, typically you take it a little bit easy the first couple of days and then ramp it up a little bit more in day three. They were going hard right away, and it was good work. The defense clearly ahead of the offense. Typically, that's where you are early in seasons. Um, but the Eagles kind of struggled. But again, offensively, they struggled, but it's it's very, very close quarters. I don't know whether I want to go into the Nick Sirianni press conference first or if I want to stay on that red zone conversation and see if you formed any sort of a day one 
assessment of Jalen Hurts and his work uh, down in that red zone. You tend to have to be more accurate. You tend to have to uh, fit the ball in tight quarters. Um, And I don't know if you saw any of that while that work was going on from Jalen. Yeah, I don't want to be negative, but you got to be honest, Krause. I I counted five of 15, five for 15, and that's not good enough. That obviously is not because that's 33% uh, completions. I think three of those were screens. Um, there was one pass over the middle of the field to Boston Scott. Now, Boston isn't the biggest guy in the world, but completely overthrown. The accuracy was not there. Now, game one of camp, uh, it's not that big of a deal. However, that's what we all talked about in the offseason, 52% in a small sample size. Some people made excuses for that. Got to be near 65%. Today wasn't good when it came to accuracy in Jalen Hurts. I think I saw a post from you on Twitter uh, earlier today, John, where you made a reference to the number of training camps that you've covered. So you have a full body of work and a full tenure of history in covering day one camps. Is the number one quarterback on the roster normally at 33% on the first day? Is that kind of a normal Mm -hmm. expectation or no? No. It's not. Uh, it's well. Understand. My first training camp, I think, was 1994. Um, completely different game. Completely different setup. You know, yeah, two a days back then. It was still the old school mentality. The practices went a lot longer. Uh, you didn't have this scaled back version. Again, you know, sports science has improved to the point where you have these, you know, training staffs kind of, you know, making their voice heard, medical staffs making their voice heard. Back then, you used to just show up and practice, you know. You used to go to – everybody went to a college. You'd see the players come in. they bring in their own own air conditioners. Uh, You were were hunkered hunkered down for a month, Krause – now it's not like that. It's completely different. So I don't think you can compare it to those days. What I compare it to is, you know, basically the last five years of Doug Peterson. Uh, it was more energetic than that, I would say. Um, but as far as the quarterback, no, in this era of football, and I'm being serious, I brought this up to Jody McDonald on Birds 365. You don't think of it. 65% is average in the modern NFL. Average. Not good. Average. Jalen Hurts was at 52% last year. That's not good enough. Now, it's one day of practice. It was all in the red zone. Understand there's not a lot of room in the red zone. It's more difficult to throw the ball there. Still, 33% is a bad number. I don't know what the average is across the league. Maybe maybe it is the average that you're pointing out. But it, when you get into the red zone, 
you need to get into the end zone. And if you're going to be below the Mendoza line, uh, you're in trouble. Teams in oh, trouble. Oh, yeah. Now it's day one. I don't, I don't want – now I said the bad stuff. I'm going to say the positive stuff. You know, Devontae Smith, uh, it was great to see he was out there. It was Darius Slay against Devontae Smith. Darius got the better of him. Darius got the better of him because he's a veteran player. He knows how to play. He knows how to utilize that short field. He doesn't have to worry about Devontae Smith going behind him. So he can utilize the short field, and he took advantage of the rookie. That's where the savvier players can can really show up. You hope younger players like Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, can learn from that kind of stuff. Did they connect at all today, uh, the Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith combo? Yeah, they, had, uh, they, they did connect once for a touchdown in the, in the red zone, and uh, Devontae caught one other. It was like a swing pass, almost like a – a wide receiver screen. I think he was thrown to maybe five, six times, somewhere in that range. So the connection isn't there. But if it was two for six, 33%. That's what he was. Eagles camp day one recap with NFL or football 24-7 NFL insider uh, John McMullen. John, let's um, rewind back and continue the conversation about Nick Sirianni in his first um day of camp uh, an energized uh, upbeat camp uh, more so than normal I guess is a fair way to characterize uh, characterize uh, what you watched uh, today uh, bring us to the end and bring us inside his press conference um, what was that how did that play out what was the dynamic and was he good with all of the questions that uh, you guys were finally able to give him in person. Yeah, he was fine. I think Nick is is more comfortable in a live environment, uh, and that's finally, thankfully, we got away from Zoom, uh, and there were a group of us, Tier 2 media, uh, who could ask questions in person. I, I think the, the most interesting part of the whole thing was not Nick, Howie Roseman showed up. So typically Howie does not talk on the first day of training camp. So I said to myself, why is Howie talking? Your antenna goes up. And my first thought was, well, he wants to, he wants to shut down the Deshaun Watson rumors, uh, which have been, as you know, just growing exponentially with Deshaun Watson to the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought he was going to shut them down. He didn't shut them down, which kind of shocked me, to be honest. So when we talk about Jalen Hurts, Nick, again, did not name him the starter, even though he took every first team rep. Uh, Howie did not shut down the Watson stuff. Uh, he said very complimentary things to Jalen Hurts. But to me, it would have been very easy to shut it down. And for whatever reason, Howie didn't do that. And you can read into that what you want, but it surprised me, is all well, I'll say. Well, if he if he didn't show up to shut that down, why did he show up? What, what, 
what does your instinct tell you about that? Talked a little bit about Zach Ertz. Maybe it had to do with Zach Ertz because obviously Zach showed up for camp. He had to because there would have been a $50,000 fine per day if he didn't. Uh, Howie said he's probably, he actually said he's going to be here on on the roster week one. We'll see if that's just uh, playing chicken with the rest of the league. Um, So maybe it had to do with Zach Ertz, but Howie had to know the Watson questions were coming. And he can't talk about players specifically under contract to another team, but he knew it was going to be phrased to where he would be asked a question, and he didn't shut it down. So to me, that is the headline of the day. He did not shut it down. And if I were Howie Roseman, if I wasn't going to shut it down, they wouldn't have spoken at all. So now I'm still kind of trying to figure out why he spoke. Just so we get theater of the mind and we're able to visualize what that was like was in typical Philadelphia media fashion, was he asked the same question, five, five different <laughs> versions of the same question to try and get the response that we were hoping to get or the media was hoping to get? No, um, I think it was asked about it two or three times. Um and really, the, the, the follow-ups the follow were just about clarifying things. Um, so I don't think it was anything like that because it, it was, you know, it was clear, it was evident early on he wasn't going to shut it down. So there was no need to prod him because he didn't shut it down. I, I think the prod him, prodding would have come if he did shut it down, you would have got clarification on that. Why are you not interested? Why is Jalen Hurts the starter? What have you seen? You would have gotten follow-up in that direction. But the fact that he left it open-ended tells the story. So you don't need to go any further. It looked like, John, from everything that I was able to see uh, from this side, it looked like just about everybody – spoke today. Nobody shied away uh, from taking questions. Did Jalen, was Jalen asked specifically about Deshaun? And how did, and how did he, how did he answer that? Jalen always handles stuff like that very well. He said, you know, control what you can control. He can only handle his job and, and do what he can do. Uh, to be the starting quarterback of this team. Um, He always handles that stuff well. That's one of the strengths of Jalen Hurts is the fact that, bottom line, he handles uh, the ancillary stuff, the rat poison, as he likes to call it, uh, a little bit better than, say, Carson Wentz did. Uh, He lets it kind of roll off his back. But make no mistake, he's well aware of what's going on. And – But he's not in a position where he can say, remember, Carson Wentz signed a record extension. He was the number two overall pick. He was anointed to be the starter of this team. Jalen Hurts is just uh, a second-round pick. He comes in with that mentality of, I have to earn everything that I get 
and he still has that mentality, which I think is good. Let's stay on uh, Nick Sirianni for a moment, John, just a little bit more about um, some of the Q&A with Nick Sirianni post, uh, post-practice. Did you uncover anything specific in listening to Sirianni? Did he uh, elaborate on Zach Ertz, for example, did he talk about any details that were specific? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Do Jalen or anything like that? Um, more so with Zach than Jalen Hurts. Uh, he did say he would like to see Jalen take the reins of the team. So did Howie. Um, you know, and again, you have to look at semantics. Would like to see him take over the reins, so to speak. Um, With Zach Ertz, there's been this sort of back and forth that Nick doesn't really want to use a lot of two tight ends, and it's probably true. Uh, So he was asked that question of, look, if Zach Ertz is here, and Howie Roseman says he's going to be here now, if he's here, it's going to be hard to not play him. Who are you going to play? Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Quez Watkins over Zach Ertz? I, I, I mean, it's, it's tough for me to believe they're better players than Zach Ertz. And that means two tight ends on the field. And Nick said he's fine with that. So we'll have to see if he is or if he isn't. And I guess that returns or goes back to, John, uh, Nick Sirianni's admission uh, way back when um, that he does not have say on who's on the roster. He coaches the players that are on the team, on the 53, right? Well, yeah, that's the way. And by the way, that's not rare in this league. Most Mm -hmm. general managers, more than half, have, you know, control over the roster and they hand the roster to the coach and then the coach coaches the team. Uh, same thing with Doug Peterson, uh, how he had control of the roster. That will continue uh, under Nick Sirianni. It's always been that way. One problem you could, you know, the game day roster, uh, how he has control over. That is something you probably, if I were Jeffrey Lurie, I would probably say, okay, I got to give that to the coach. But that's not the way the Eagles run things. 
Last question as we move along here on Zach Ertz. Um, was there any Q&A about his hair? <laughs> no. Well, Zach didn't speak, unfortunately. Uh, okay. So hopefully we'll get Zach um, later in the week, maybe tomorrow. Hopefully we've already asked. So hopefully uh, he will be made available. Knowing Zach, he's going to talk at some point. He's very professional. Um. Yeah, but he showed up with bleach blonde hair, for those who don't know. Um, so maybe, you know, he's in, you know, I'm having a midlife crisis, Krause. Maybe Zach's having a midlife NFL crisis. He's 30. <laughs> he's midlife NFL. He's got the bleach blonde hair. It was an interesting look, but maybe Julie likes it. You, know, yeah. you never know. We'll find out when you get them to the uh, when you get them to the uh, microphone. Um, it'll be interesting to hear that answer. Just out of, <laughs> just I'm just curious, just out of curiosity. He can do whatever he wants, but but I'm just curious uh, to the answer if there is an answer. Maybe there's not. Um, uh, injuries today, John. I don't know um, if anybody injured themselves. Uh, during the practice, or if there was a collection of guys that maybe uh, didn't practice. I think I saw a post or, 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 again, a social media hit on Twitter, I think from you where it was Landon Dickerson was on the yeah. field with that with a brace. Um, what was that like? Was there, Are there a lot of injuries to talk about or no? Um, no, probably the biggest injury was Isaac Sayamalo. He is dealing with a hamstring injury that is week to week, as the Eagles described. So uh, he was unable to go. We knew Landon Dickerson. Um, he tore his ACL at Alabama in December, so he was not going to be ready to go at the beginning of training camp. He's on the side field. He's doing some rehab work and things like that. He's on the field, but he started on the active non-football injury list because uh, that's procedural because his injury was in college. Uh, so that will continue. LaRaven Clark, who was a backup tackle they signed, uh, he tore his Achilles in December. Rodden Cloud tore his ACL in December. Uh, they both st started on the active PUP list, um, so they're not ready to go, and that's not unexpected. And they had three players on the COVID list, and those were Alex Singleton, Andrew Adams, and Matt Leo. Uh, so those are, are sort of the big stories. Now, while I have you here, i got to pull it up because the Eagles sent it to me uh, via a text message. Um, the actual guys who were active and weren't, Jalen Rager was limited with lower body tightness. Uh, Quez Watkins is day-to-day -day still completing his physical. That probably means he failed his conditioning test, and we'll see how quickly he can get back out there. Uh, Shaquille Taylor, who's a cornerback, is day-to-day -day with a lower body injury. Nate Metters, uh, who's another cornerback, is week-to-week -week with a hamstring injury. And Greg Ward missed the practice uh, with what they described as a non-COVID illness. So he's sick, and 
He's the first guy since COVID started is sick with a non-COVID illness. The three players, <laughs> the three players listed. You're right. The three players listed, John, as COVID related. Yeah. What does that mean? They they failed the test when they today or when they checked in yesterday. What does that mean? It could mean a number of things. It could mean they're close contacts and they're unvaccinated. Doesn't necessarily mean. Um, you are uh, positive for COVID. could be a number of different things, and the Eagles don't release that kind of information. What I can tell you is Howie Roseman did say over 90% of the Eagles players have started the process. So they've gotten at least one shot. Um, So that's a good number. Those three guys may have not been vaccinated. Tough to tell. Could be close contact, could be a number of things, but they're on the list. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, details coming out about our Philadelphia Eagles season ticket giveaway. Uh, More to come as camp rolls on, just getting started. Uh, Day one, my oh my, John McMullen, it's only day one. And there, I don't know if it's much to do about nothing or are we overanalyzing, overcovering, or just telling enough, telling the right stories about what's happening uh, down at camp. A lot of coverage from you and from the market today. Yeah, day one is always kind of overwhelming. I mean, you haven't seen the players in so long. They've been gone for the six, seven weeks in between the offseason work and training camp. Uh, In in this case, you have a a rookie head coach, so everything is new. From that perspective, you have essentially a first-year starting quarterback. Jalen Hurts only started four games last year. You have a new defensive coordinator, new special teams coordinator. Everything is new, Krause. Everything is new. So it's overwhelming. There's so many stories, so many issues, so many players. And it'll start to to scale back and get more targeted. But that first day is always sort of like a whirlwind. Let me get you to comment before we uh, wrap up our uh, live show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We really haven't talked about it yet here on the day one recap. Let's talk a little bit about the defensive side of the football. I know that you mentioned earlier, John, um, that the defense was ahead of the offense. That's the way um, it normally is. But what kind of assessment can you make here uh, on day one? I know Fletcher. I know Fletcher spoke. Um, uh, after practice. Um, talk to me a little bit about the defense. Yeah, Brandon Graham as well. I, I think the two most interesting things to me were Stephen Nelson, who signed July 25th, um, first rep starting cornerback opposite Darius Lay. That's how quickly he's on the field. That's how quickly he's inserted into this defense. So he's going to be a very important part of this team. And then Josh Sweat would surprise me a little bit, was with the first team ahead of Derek Barnett, at least to start practice. They kind of mixed in. They're both going to play a lot, but that to me uh, showed some interest. And Alex Singleton was out, as I mentioned, on the COVID list. 
Davion Taylor, the, the third round pick from last year, because Alex wasn't there, he got the first team reps with Eric Wilson at linebacker. So I think that's that's pretty interesting as well. Any idea, John? Did the defensive coordinator show his hand today uh, at all in terms of what the first team looked like, what kind of defense they're going to run, or is it too early to ask that question? Um, he he was kind of bare bones today. He was just running out 4-3. Um, we speculated a lot, myself and my colleagues, that you're going to see more blitzing you're going to see maybe a stand-up rusher at times, judging on what he learned from Mike Zimmer and Matt Eberflus. We didn't see that today, but that's the kind of stuff you 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 want to put in your base stuff first, and then you start to expand from there. So people have to remember the good stuff I said, the bad stuff I said, it's only day one. You know, it might all turn around tomorrow. And then the second part is training camp is a time to work on things. So think of it, you know, you always hear spring training baseball pitchers. You know, they might get rocked in Florida. They might be working on a new pitch. They might be using that game to try to add to the repertoire. And they look horrible and they show up for the real games and they look dominant. So that's what you use practice for. You know, if you're going to press the issue, press it in practice, see how far you can get, and then scale back for the real game. So, you know, we tell you what we see, but I wouldn't overreact from day to day. Not that it means anything, but if there was a John McMullen day one game ball, <laughs> who gets it? Darius Slay. Darius Slay. Darius Slay was dominant. Uh, and I think, you know, because Devontae Smith and because of who he is, the first-round pick, the Heisman Trophy winner, he sh- he gave him a welcome to the NFL today, uh, Darius Slay. A camp schedule for tomorrow, John. What is it? Um, same as today, 10 o'clock practice. Uh, Eagles will be back out there. I imagine they'll probably go uh, a lot longer than they went today. Now you can only go two hours, a little over two hours. Uh, they'll probably ramp it up to an hour 30, an hour 45. And we'll see if he scales it back. We're all learning about Nick Sirianni. He went pretty hard day one. Maybe takes his foot off the gas day two. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles uh, camp from day to day because we don't know him yet. Anything, John, last thought before we – um, punch the clock here. Anything at all that we missed in this conversation that is worth throwing out in terms of through your eyes, something that you saw today, something that you may have picked up that we didn't cover on the day one recap? You know, I can't believe I didn't get to this. Andre Dillard was the first team starting left tackle. So I think most people thought it was going to be Jordan Mailata. I think most fans think it's going to be Jordan Mailata. I've been telling them for a long time, uh, you might want to slow your roll there. And day one, sure enough, Andre Dillard's at left tackle. Doesn't mean he's going to win it, but he's going to be given 
every opportunity to win that job. And did you feel as though it was full competition for each position today? No, come on. <laughs> I mean, Fletcher Cox isn't competing uh, other than against himself. Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. You know who the stars on this team are. Those guys are not competing with anyone other than themselves and their reputations. John McMullen, football 24-7. Uh, long day at the office today. Right back at it tomorrow, of course. We'll look for you tomorrow uh, on Birds 365. You'll be checking in uh, with uh, your partner, Jody Mack, and Jeff Kerr will be riding uh, co guest co-host again uh, tomorrow. He did a great job today uh, in your chair, in your absence today. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Johnny Mack. 8.20, I think you're going to check in on Birds 365. 820, I'll be on Birds 365. Hopefully Jeff's not doing a better job than me, but almost as good as Jeff. So thanks for Jeff for filling in. Uh, I'll be on at 820, and then we'll be back for another training camp show tomorrow night. Yep, tomorrow night, Eagles Camp Day 2 recap with John McMullen. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 8 p.m. Johnny, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And everybody watching across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, See you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.